This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, friends. This is Josie from Speaking in Church, the podcast you are currently listening to. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about my favorite current thing right now, which is Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting platform. Um, It's the easiest way to make a podcast. This dummy, yours truly, set it up real quick. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which, hello, talk about easy. You don't have to be some professional computer person, which is dope. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and literally wherever else you want to put it. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which, you know, some of us are just not going to get a million people listening, which is fine. Um, It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you want to make your own podcast about literally anything like the two of us, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast. I'm Josie. And I'm Spencer. And today we're talking about TikTok deconstruction. TikTok deconstruction. <laughs> I mean, TikTok's just like the hip new social media uh, deconstruction has been happening all over social media. But TikTok is great because people can share stories and it goes out to the masses. Yeah. Full disclosure. I'm not a TikToker. Oh, I I'm am. not. A, <laughs> I tried it out for a hot second. It didn't. I don't understand. I'm not going to spend 5 million million seconds editing a stupid video. I just want to click record and go and then done. I'm not, I don't need no effects. I don't want, I don't understand. It's too much work, but that's just little grandma Josie. (laughs) Me on the other hand, I don't make a ton of videos. I just make a few, but TikTok is high quality entertainment. Let me tell (laughs) you. That's what I hear. I mean, I enjoy the ones that people send me, but as far as going on there, I don't know. I think I just am over social media and I don't feel like going on another platform, having to learn it, use it for marketing purposes. I think that's just how my brain works is I'm automatically like, oh, how am I going to use this to monetize my life? (laughs) And not my life, but like, you know, for the other projects that I have. No thanks. Josie just doesn't want to move again because Mm-mm. we're like the first, like the millennial generation is like the first generation of social media. And so, you know, we moved from like the, I mean, you had the original like aim, you know, like instant messaging, all that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. MySpace, Facebook, and then there was a bunch of little weird ones in between that didn't last. And then you come onto like Twitter instagram and now here we are the well vine rip vine 
and then now here we are with tiktok you know whatever happened to vine i don't know vine is like vine was like listen vine walked so tiktok can run you know what i mean i never had a vine either Um, that's how grandma i've always been (laughs) i never (laughs) never got on it (laughs) like i actually i did have a vine account I, I lied but um i didn't make a lot of video i think i made like one vine but i watched a lot of them and i can mm. quote them to this day because they're again like prime comedy yeah i mean but, i would watch the youtube compilations yes. 10 years after vine was dead <laughs> basically for our our listeners that maybe aren't in the know um tiktok yeah is a social media platform very popular among gen z it's basically for videos you know people like dance on tiktok and they do all this like fun stuff but then there's also like sub tiktoks so like there's cooking tiktok and then there's um you know what we're on like deconstruction tiktok or like exvangelical tiktok whatever you want to call it just people sharing stories within the community and what makes tiktok different than other social media platforms is to see like to see people, what people are posting, like on my Instagram or my Twitter, I either have to seek that out for myself. Like I have to go to a certain like page and see it, or a friend has to like retweet it or share it on their story on Instagram for me to see it. And then maybe I'll follow that person. But TikTok is very different because the way their algorithm works is the more you interact with certain kinds of videos with hashtags and like effects and sounds, those kind of videos come up, even if you don't follow the person. So I actually follow very few people on TikTok, but my for you page, as they call it, is literally like so curated to me in not even just like evangelical or deconstruction i'm talking about like twilight memes cooking videos like oh my god just random stuff that like i i'm a plus size woman plus size like body positivity body inclusivity like it's down to that like where i feel like this is a social media for me it's where i spend hours unfortunately watching these videos and my husband's like why are you laughing so hard and i'm like you just don't understand it's tiktok yeah i think that's where i um diverge in a yellow wood i am <laughs> poetry joke anyways wow. <laughs> again grandma josie um i really have no interest and people I don't really know <laughs> or I'm connected to in some way or the news. I'm a news junkie. Unfortunately, I'm trying to get off that. So another like, and I watch comedy special. So I get my comedy there. I don't know. I'm just, I'm an old woman, but I have enjoyed the TikToks from the deconstructionists that have been sent to me because that's the only way I get them is if they're sent to me. Um, like our homie Abraham Piper, who is um, fucking John Piper's kid. And he's like, fuck that guy. I mean, he doesn't actually say that. I don't think he ever actually mentions that he's his son or his dad no, in any way. I don't think he, I mean, he talks about like growing up like a, a pastor's kid and like e- an evangelical culture, but And honestly, like I had followed him for like weeks and then all of a sudden, um, you know, BFF Bethany was like, dude, did you know that that's a John Piper's kid? And I'm like, you're freaking lying to me right now. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I like kids rebelling against their religious parents. It's like a, you know, it's my favorite as a one of them. (laughs) 
But the, so the reason we want to talk about this is obviously one, it's season two. If y'all have been with us throughout season one, you know, we're deconstructing, remodeling, what have you, whatever language you want to use. Um, we're just, yeah, we're in the thick of it of restructuring, rebuilding, rebranding. I don't know this faith that we claim. And, um, you know, a lot of deconstruction, TikTok. They talk about how the church, like evangelical Christians, um, just even the church at large, not even just within America, but like the global scale, there's like a lot of pushback against this sort of new religious movement of deconstruction. But what a lot of, one, it's scholarly and historical, but then also just deconstructionists talk about it a lot of, if y'all don't know, we're currently 504 years post-Reformation. Um, and within the Christian church, that's a big deal because uh, history repeats itself and that every 500 or so years, give or take, but within that kind of 500 year gap, um, the church goes through a major shift in theology in structure and just lots of different things and so we're actually like i think we're like in the thick of it but also just scratching the surface if that makes sense because i think for the past maybe like 10 to like five six ish years these conversations have been happening more frequently but I think now, like, again, we're in the age of social media, it's happening quicker and different than ever before. And I think that's why it's receiving even more pushback, if that makes sense. Yeah. Full disclosure, Spencer and I kind of diverge here again in Leelawood um, in that I, you know, I'm not interested in reforming the evangelical church like the liturgists <laughs> are. I don't give a shit. Burn it all down. You guys have caused too much harm. Bye. I don't need ya. But even that's a form of reformation. <laughs> well, yeah, but I just don't think that organized religion is the way to go. But, you know, that's me. Where Spencer has a different view than I do. <laughs> uh, basically, I'm just going to – I just want to take a couple minutes to, like – go over um i'll talk mostly about the reformation but i'll talk about the two previous before that too because i think it gives context to things that are happening um and so just bear with me it'll be a little history lesson a little bit boring but um basically if you go back 1500 years ago basically is the dark ages boo it was dark whatever <laughs> um, and basically what happened uh you know pope gregory the great whatever um he helped bring the church out of the dark ages fast forward another 500 years um you basically have um it's called like the great schism or something like that and that's basically when the church divided east to west so that's where you get the eastern orthodox versus just like the roman catholic church kind of thing and so yeah like that was a big deal especially when you study church history and like the just again like how cultures develop modern civilization like that's a big deal fast forward to the next one the reformation that was 500 years ago everybody knows martin luther was like f the police f the catholic church we're going to start the Protestant church, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, 
but I think what is significant about that is there are some, there's basically four key things that made the reformation happen. Number one being church corruption sounds familiar, doesn't it? (laughs) Number two being indulgences. Um, indulgences were basically, if you don't know, um, let's say that I wanted to, I don't know, like I, wanted to have like sex out of marriage or do something like bad, you would basically like prepay for your sins. Like you would do like, you'd go to confession, you'd do so many Hail Marys, but you'd also give like money to basically like your local priest or bishop or what have you. And you would basically pay to like have your sin wiped away. And that's kind of like the short version of what an indulgence is. Um, so yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then number three was purgatory, which this I think is similar to now because there was a big debate over if purgatory is real or what purgatory actually meant. Um, I think that can be similar to a lot of evangelicals, post-Christian kind of debating um, a little bit of heaven, but mostly debating like the idea of like a literal physical hell. Um, I think that's really, really big among deconstructionists. And that's a conversation that is ongoing. Um, and then the fourth one, basically just being praying to the saints, you know, Protestants, we don't pray to Mary or any of the saints. We're like, Oh, Jesus is the only person like God, Jesus, Holy spirit. Like that's who you pray to yada, yada, yada. And yeah, so that's basically a little quick summary of the Protestant reformation, Martin Luther. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> and so here we are 504 years post that um josie on the topic of church corruption how does that make you feel um i went to a church growing up where it was in the hood Cudahy, california Woo! um and we were all upper lower middle class lower middle class maybe um it was latinx uh immigrant community church and we were all struggling down here on the bottom while the pastor lived in a very large mansion house mansion-esque house in uh not in our neighborhood so you know there we didn't have like a board of elders that was not a thing really in um the pentecostal latin church from what i understand Mm -hmm. and yeah money kept being given and we didn't really know where it was at one point my mom worked at the church as the cleaning lady at one point there was a week where they're like "Mm, we don't have enough money to pay you so you're just gonna donate your wages like with no consent or anything like that pretty sure the pastor kept getting paid and I mean I left very early on I left middle school high school and I went on to not so greener pastures And, you know, I mean, just at large, I've seen the corruption in other churches. Um, Hillsong calling you out. That shit is wild. Uh, Sex scandals abundant in the evangelical church. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cover-ups, abuse, you know, overusing volunteers because you don't want to pay somebody because you want your salary to be bigger. Yeah. All of reasons why we leave as young people. (laughs) corruption is the name of the game um yeah and so i think that 
is really prevalent because again, you know, you mentioned Hillsong. Um, and I mean, so many others that I can just think of off the top of my head from like Willow Creek, Hillsong. Um, I mean, you obviously like Joel Olstein, all those mm. different things. And we'll actually have a episode, uh, later on this season, specifically talking about like celebrity Christians or celebrity pastor or vice versa, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, so when you think about the reformation and like church corruption being a huge thing, I think that like, is very, very telling of where we are now in this sort of 500 years later, a new sort of reformation or like post-Christian like era. And like, I don't know, all of this, like so much is happening that parallels. And so part of me kind of laughs when people are like, Oh my gosh, where is this coming from? Or like, you're just trying to like ruin the church. And I'm like, no, yeah. me like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Different answers again, <laughs> <laughs> but I just mean like, no homie, it's not coming out of nowhere. And we're not trying to quote, quote unquote, ruin the church. You do a great job of doing that yourself. <laughs> yeah. You do not need help. <laughs> uh, and so, um, I mean, yeah, they definitely don't need help. Um, and then the, um, so like the other, the other part of that, that I think is, again, that's really like prominent and sort of parallel is we're not so much debating purgatory these days, but the, like I said, the topic of, is there a literal physical hell or like what hell even like looks like that kind of thing. That is like something that's very like hot topic, quote unquote, that's talked about a lot within deconstruction circles. And so all that to say of where does TikTok become involved? Um, TikTok becomes involved because, <laughs> again, the way that this platform is made is somebody like me and Josie, we can make a TikTok talking about, hey, this was my experience with the church, and this is kind of what I think now. And all of a sudden, there is a there's somebody in middle America who we would have never met otherwise. That's like, Hey, wait a minute. Like I resonate with that. Let's talk about that. And so this community is much more easily accessible and conversations with so many different voices and perspectives are coming together to form this new sort of community of people that are deconstructing, reforming, re-renovating all of these different places on the overarching umbrella of a quote-unquote deconstruction, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically, they're sending out all the information for yes. Um, <laughs> and kind of giving a name, like it helps people give a name to what they're feeling. A lot of times people who have decided kind of in their heads that the church is really not working for them don't have the language to understand what this could all be. Yeah. Um, and things like TikTok and podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, um, kind of help people through that process of coming to terms with what they don't believe anymore, what they don't want to believe, what they don't want to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, Spencer and I both consume many a deconstruction situation, podcast, whatever. Well, and I think too, um, exactly what you said, it gives it gives the language of people that, one, unfortunately, there's a lot of videos of people that like had suffered in silence for so long mm -hmm. because of the culture they were raised in, very small, tight-knit, conservative communities. Um, 
and just again that when you don't know you literally don't know anything different when your whole life is this community from even there's even people that talk about they you know they technically like they went to public school and all this stuff but the community that they grew up in was still so small that it didn't matter if they went to public school it didn't matter you know if their parents had quote-unquote normal jobs outside of the church because that was the community no matter where you were Mm -hmm. and so yeah, it's opened this door for people who have never had the words, who have never had the exposure that are now just being able to process. And again, it's that, it's that moment of somebody saying, Hey, like, yeah, me too. Like, I know, I know exactly what that feels like, or you're not alone or, Oh, like you grew up in a very conservative, fundamental Southern Baptist in the middle of nowhere community, and you're a queer individual and you didn't know how to like have words for that. Like, Hey, that's me. Like there's so much opportunity. And I think, again, that's where I think TikTok and things like this can get a bad rap, but I think that's something that's really beautiful. And even in the sense of, even if you don't agree with like deconstruction or whatever which i think is weird because everybody deconstructs through faith to some degree but i digress um so even if you don't agree with just like the thing the conversations that are happening i hope that you at least recognize that for some people like these communities online are are legitimately saving lives because there's people that have been wrapped up in so much spiritual abuse that they finally have a way to talk about it and hear from other people that it's literally saving their lives. And I think that mm-hmm. is something to like praise it, even if you have a hard time agreeing with what the conversations are happening. Yeah. And these are by deconstruction is by no in no way is it a monolith i mean yes like spencer sent me this tiktok of this woman talking about it was very cheesy spencer i'm gonna call you i'm just kidding it's fine i know it was cheesy weird um this lady i mean she was fine she just talked about like what did you what is it like re renovating renovating yeah so kind of similar to when we talked to kaylee how kaylee was like she doesn't know if she um like resonates with the word deconstruct because Mm -hmm. it's more like renovating the house um and so yeah the lady kind of just described that in more detail yeah and i mean me being somebody who doesn't give a shit about the evangelical church i was like "Mm, i don't want to renovate it i want to burn it down i want to say goodbye because i mean she had pointed out like what it was always supposed to be and i was like oh somewhere where women weren't allowed to talk i don't think so um (laughs) You know, I mean, we all find our own issues with different perspectives and different points. Um, But I mean, as far as I know, there's not a whole lot of people who are deconstructing, who are seeking to tear each other down. Because I mean, I saw that and I felt no need to comment on her TikTok to say that she was dumb because I figured some people do want to renovate the church or whatever. I just don't. I don't care. Yeah. And I think, um, well, and again, like what, like she was talking about in her video of like, when you, like when you purchase the way she talked about it is like, when you purchase like a historic house, like you don't take down the foundation or the bones and things like that. Like you take everything else out and then you build off of that foundation. And so I, I think I resonate with that. Cause I think I would still use the term like deconstruction or whatever, but I think I resonate with that because the truth of it for me is 
like the foundation always was Jesus, like was always the, the red letter, the, the humanity, the personhood of who he is. And then you have all of these other things that have nothing to do with him. It's years and centuries worth of theology and tradition and things that have funneled through that made the sort of like house of faith, I guess my personal house of faith kind of thing. And then through going to school and personal experience and just all these other conversations and learning, like exactly what you said, like Jesus never changed for me. It's the other things that were hindering what I saw, like, you know what I mean? Like it was the other things that were hindering my ability to just embrace his personhood and to embrace what he embodied. And so that's where, yeah, like it was a cheesy video, but I just was like, yeah, like I agree with, with that. And especially like Josie said, there's no, there's no like deconstruction journey that is exactly the same or Mm -hmm. parallel, but that also doesn't make any of them less valid. Yeah, exactly. And that's also a big tenant of deconstructionist tiktok i'm getting so over the word deconstruction in my mouth just from this episode like (laughs) how many times can i say deconstruction play a drinking game everybody um it's not like the whole point for a lot of people is like believe whatever the fuck you want to believe we're not here to tell you what to believe like everybody else used to do whatever you want is fine if you don't want to believe it all that's fine too. You, we can all share in our shared experience of church trauma mm-hmm. and fuck the police. That's a, that is the evangelical church. It's like <laughs> this community of people that are just sharing in the trauma, which is nice. I mean, weirdly, it's kind of yeah. nice. I dig and, it. Well, and I think too, what you're talking about of like, it takes a lot of pressure off of it because mm-hmm. you don't, like you don't join this community or this movement and like there's no expectations of where you end up like i've had friends that have deconstructed that no longer that no longer associate with the christian faith at all and mm-hmm. then i have i have friends that just the opposite through their deconstruction like they they love again like not necessarily like the evangelical church but they love church so much more that they've they've transitioned to like high liturgy churches like Mm -hmm. going to like anglican churches like participating in ancient church traditions minus the the like patriarchy purity culture all of these other things that were added it when that they experienced in evangelical culture if that makes sense so yeah again there's so many different people on the spectrum there's people like i would consider myself i guess somewhere in the middle um and then there's the far end there's the shorter end like it's it's all over and it's it's just cool to like learn from other people yeah because i mean full disclosure you all know i go to a church i work at a church i am fully invested in the community but to me it's more about the community than it is upholding systems and traditions and whatever. I just believe in a God and that's it. I mean, that's not it, but like, you know, that's, that's the baseline for me. Everything else is kind of (laughs) lame. No offense, Uh, no no. full offense, full offense. I don't care. (laughs) But I think even that, um, 
that even just reflects on who we are as individuals obviously Mm -hmm. like we started this podcast from similar like places and through it i think we've both grown a lot and i think we've even like distinguished ourselves more as individuals Mm -hmm. so like obviously we do this collectively and we don't have plans to change that but i think even throughout the first season and like i mean this whole we're already over a year of this pandemic so the past year of so much that has happened both politically religiously socially like so much has happened that i think we've even grown and gone in different ways in our deconstruction i think that's okay Mm -hmm. i agree um yeah i wish we could show you all tiktoks maybe we'll have like a little maybe we should start like a discord i just learned about discord from spencer like okay um I'm going to just call Josie out right now because she what? literally just told me that she hates Discord. I hate Discord. And when I was like, oh, I love Discord. I think it's really useful. Now she wants I to I didn't know one. what it was. Wow. I thought it was just another group chat feature. I was like, this is stupid. There's already websites for this. But then she was like, oh, you can like play games together and yeah, like, this and that. Can, I was like, oh. Yeah, like we, you can have your little community there. You can have your different message boards that have different conversations. So, like we could have like on our Discord channel we could have hey on this board share your favorite deconstruction tiktoks and people can comment and engage and then we can have oh it, like tonight at seven we're all going to meet in this group chat and we can video chat or we can just voice chat and we could like watch a movie or yeah play a game like all the different stuff so i guess we'll look into it maybe start a discord community whatever. don't say it like you're not about to do it <laughs> like don't say like you're not just gonna takes like like a few seconds to sign up no i'm actually excited because i think this is a uh i think this is a good catalyst to start things that we've been talking about you know we've been talking about like not so youth youth group we've been talking Mm. about potential book club like i think this is a great way to engage in the community and make it feel i mean i'm just gonna be honest with y'all it felt heavy of like more responsibility that I have to do when really if somebody from our little speaking in church community was like, Hey, can I lead book club? I'd be like, 100% you could lead book club. Like I'll be there. I'll read with y'all, but I don't want to have to feel like I have to like make discussion points. And things yeah. Like we're not that. gatekeepers. You guys so, do work. I have yeah. too much work. So, all right, fine. Um, I guess, well, I this guess goes live tomorrow. So it will, discord will not be live tomorrow i can guarantee you that but in the coming weeks be on the lookout we'll start this we'll like announce it on instagram or whatever so follow us on instagram yes always follow us on instagram this is pretty much an episode of us uh getting to the point of saying like i guess we'll just share tiktoks with each other because we can't like show them to you i will post some on instagram but anyways um back to tiktok um Wow, let me plan out my life, Spencer. Let me make new, uh, fun, exciting project. Okay, but I want to talk about our our BFF, Abraham, even though he has no idea who we are. Abraham. Father Um, Abraham. So, if, honestly, he is Father Abraham. He has kids. Anyways, um, if you grew up in evangelical culture, you're involved in the church, John Piper, I'm sure you know who he is. He's a pillar in... Um, conservative theology, especially complementarian theology. Um, unfortunately, some of his teachings and practices had led to um, 
abuse and scandal and all of that. And anyways, he has um, a few kids, one of them being um, Abraham. And Abraham Piper was actually excommunicated um, maybe like five or six years ago. I don't know. It gets kind of blurry because I forget we're in 2021 and I still think it's like 2015. But Mm -hmm. anyways, so there was a point within the last... 10-ish years, I guess, where he was kind of excommunicated from um, his family and the church and all of this. Um, And it was like a big deal, um, especially when you get into a lot of conservatives, you know, talk about like the, there's the verse where it talks about like managing your household and like that kind of stuff. And so um, there was just, yeah, there was just scandal and all that. So excommunicated from his family um, was like re-brought in like and was kind of like he wasn't like in the church but he was like hanging out with his family and stuff like that basically gets excommunicated again and to this day i don't know how much contact he has with john piper aka his dad or his siblings um i know he has a brother that was divorced and that was like some big scandal and he was recently remarried i don't know if he attended that wedding or not but I digress. Anyways, so the whole point is uh, Abraham Piper joins Twitter, or I mean TikTok, and he starts making these videos. And at the beginning, they're just kind of fun and cute, like talking about life and like being positive. And then he kind of starts talking about like, hey, like I grew up in the evangelical church. And then you find out he's a, a pastor's kid. And then people kind of start putting the dots together of like, wait a minute you're John Piper's son. And so he never like, um, at least from what I've seen, he's never publicly come out and been like, it's me. Hello. But everybody knows it's him. Um, and he does a really good job of not like pointing fingers and naming names. If that makes sense. Like he names his trauma and his like and things that he learned, um, that were difficult. And he does a really good job of like explaining it and saying like, Hey, like we should talk about this more, but not in a, like in a negative hurtful way, like not being like my dad is like Satan and he's terrible, which I think is really important because I think a lot of people, um, have a negative idea of deconstruction because in terms of abuse, people want to call out abuse by name, which I definitely think they should, especially in terms of like sexual abuse, but there's other people that they just have negative experiences and they want to talk talk about it. But people are like, well, you're just like cancel culture, blah, 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 blah. And so I like Abraham Piper because he kind of bridges that gap of like, Hey, let's call out abuse where we can call it abuse, but let's also just sit around and share experiences and kind of laugh at it because what's really healing in trauma is, is humor and just laughing about, isn't that crazy? Like that happened to us. Like, how can we move forward with our lives and heal from that? Yeah. Good vibes. Um, also Mm -hmm. if your theology uh, calls you to excommunicate somebody from your family, (laughs) you're probably in a cult you probably Absolutely. fucked up in the head a little bit yeah and so i got yeah, i just overall i really like his tiktoks he shares about again his childhood and his life he talks and now he talks about just again he i don't i don't know exactly what he believes he doesn't really talk too much about what he currently believes but i don't believe he um would consider himself a christian anymore uh, um, i mean when john about- piper's your dad i wouldn't either you know <laughs> 
but he, you know, he talks about, he's a parent. And so he talks about like, what is parenting like now? And the questions he asks his kids and his kids asks him. Um, and one of the things that I really liked is he had this TikTok about, um, he basically asked the question of like, is it serious or like, does it really matter? And so he's like, when you're like feeling overwhelmed about like, maybe like past traumas or just like things you have to encounter. He's like, you have to ask yourself, like, is it serious? And like, if it is serious, like, does it impact your daily life? Or like, I don't know, just like, I, I can't phrase it the way he did, but it was just, it was one of those things where it kind of caught me off guard when I was like, Oh, like, I've never thought about that. Like when I'm like dwelling on something, like how serious is this to like my immediate life and existence? Yeah, that's my favorite game to play with people. It's like Josie, and I was like, "But does it matter?" Like, oh, give me some theological thing. I'm trying. I can't even think. It's so early in the morning, guys. It's 10:45 a.m. and I cannot function. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, whether you should submit to your husband or not, and deciding that I'm not going to. They're like, oh, Josie, you're going to go to hell. And and it's like, am I though? Like, is it really that serious if my husband and I decide to love each other on equal playing fields and to do things on equal playing fields? Is it really that serious? Mm-hmm. And I mean, some people, they say, yes, it's your calling to whatever, whatever. And it's like, if you want to take it seriously, if you want to take some white guy's opinion on theology, that's fine. But it's not that serious for me. Well, and so there's... So kind of two, two of the videos that I think are maybe his like most popular on TikTok right now are kind of similar to that in the sense of one, one of them, he talks about, um, how silly it is to make kids read the Bible in the sense of, um, they don't know what it says. (laughs) They don't know what they're doing. No, like, I mean, yeah, like, but more so of like the Bible says crazy things and and so he's talking about how he's like, you know, like he's like, you go to Sunday school and they, you know, they do like Genesis and Noah and Moses and Joseph and like Jonah. And like, they do all these like sort of kid friendly, like storybook style stories. But then the whole time you're learning, they are encouraging you, like, you should read the Bible. You should read the Bible. So he's like, so obviously like as a kid, what did I want to read? Well, these stories came from the old Testament. So I'll read more of the old Testament. And then he talks about like the stories where, um, you know, like the kids are like mauled by bears and and, like things like that. Um, and he's like, that's all I wanted to read. Like, that's all I cared about as a kid because I didn't understand what I was supposed to be getting out of these stories. I just thought, yeah, these kids are getting mauled by bears. That's freaking rad. And mm-hmm. that made me laugh because I think about when I was a camp counselor um, for the first time, my very first week of camp, I had a group of sixth grade girls. And this one girl did not come from a Christian home. She just came because a bunch of her friends from school went to the camp um, and they like invited her and her parents were like, yeah, it's, uh, she went to the day camp program. So it wasn't like she slept overnight. It was basically like childcare for a week kind of thing. And so she came with her friends and she was telling me how she didn't have a Bible. So, you know, my boss was like, Oh, give her a Bible. So I give her a Bible and we're doing Bible study. And she's like, well, I've never read this book. So can I just start at the beginning? And I'm like, um, yes, but like you should maybe read like 
the gospel first. Like maybe you should read like the book of John or like book of Luke, something like that. And she's like, well, no, like it's a book. I want to start at the beginning. And so like, how do I explain to the sixth grader who was obviously like old enough to understand one, how books work and how like context and like, you know, critical thinking works, but then two, like, how do I explain like these books are like, the old Testament, like a lot of it is like metaphor, quote unquote outdated. And so it's like the fourth day of camp and she comes up, she's like, yeah. So I've been like working my way through this Bible. Um, why does this guy have so many wives and why is he like a hundred and something years old? And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, well, um, and so, yeah, I thought that was funny when he's like, why do we expect kids to read the Bible? And I just instantly thought of that of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, how do we, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was that little sixth grader who, uh, in Assemblies of God, we have this thing called missionettes. So it's like Girl Scouts, but Christian. Um, It's not that big of a deal. But we have a book that in every level of age or whatever you go through. So middle school, you were a part of the stars. And (laughs) part of the book was um, you got special commendations or whatever for reading the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right. I read that shit. I read the whole thing. And to this day, I can't even look at a page of the book of revelations. Cause I'm so scarred from being a sixth grader reading the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not, don't recommend it. Everybody in sixth grade to read the whole Bible. It's not, first of all, it's not fun. It's kind of boring. And second of all, it's very traumatic. If you don't understand history, and mm-hmm. other things like Why he was gonna it? chop that baby in half okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, and, and this is the thing where i'm like this again i think this is going back of why why is this whole thing important because especially like for me i didn't didn't become a christian until i was a teenager so like i somebody explained to me what those like what why those stories were written what they meant in context versus yeah if i was like in third grade and i was going to a lot of my friends went to like awana as kids mm-hmm. if i was like going to awana or like missionettes or something like that where i was like you should read this book of the bible or you need to know these verses and these passages like yeah, I would have probably been really confused why he's trying to sacrifice his son or why mm-hmm. these kids are eaten by bears or why um, the woman in the Old Testament like basically puts the equivalent of like a railroad spike through the guy's head. Like, mm, that's I would my have favorite been really story. Conf- <laughs> of course it is, Josie. Um, I would have been really confused by that stuff. And so again, I think this is an important conversation because there are so many kids that grew up in these Christian contexts that were basically taught everything the Bible says is true, factual. It went down exactly as you read it. And that is dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. All that to say, go hit up our boy, Abraham Piper and others on deconstructionist TikTok. Yes. Um, um, the one I will put on our Instagram first is him talking about literal hell and how he yeah. basically thinks that nobody, like people think they believe in literal hell, but they actually don't. And he tells us why. Yeah. Those will be in our stores. Maybe we'll make a little highlight 
thing or whatever deconstruction tiktok Mm -hmm. and then we'll work on the discord we'll let you know when it's ready on instagram so just follow us there um where else can the people find us well they can find us on instagram at speaking in church um they can find me on instagram at spence rose and they can find me on tiktok at speaking spence Mm, oh mashup love it um you can find me at josie takes the world um you can email us at speaking in church at gmail.com if you want to bitch at us or be on the show either one or if you want to bitch at us on the show would love that too still looking out for a conservative homie i promise i'm nice i'm just gonna ask you really deep questions yeah that's it um, and this year tiktoks um mm-hmm. and yeah if you're confused by this episode let us know it's an ongoing conversation we basically just want y'all to explore that other side of the internet so yeah please join us well join spencer i'm not on tiktok maybe i'll delve who knows anyways uh stay woke or get woke jesus loves you bye